Hey, if you are a fan of the Belonging Factor podcast, you are going to love the Belonging Factor book. My new book, Belonging Factor, How Great Brands and Great Leaders Inspire Loyalty, Build Community, and Grow Profits is now available. So get on Amazon, order your copy today, ebook, audiobook, paperback, hardcover. We've got you covered no matter what your preference. to the Belonging Factor podcast, a show about the power of people. Each week, we explore how great brands and great leaders inspire loyalty, build community, and grow profits. Here's an award-winning leader, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and your host, Devin Halliday. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Belonging Factor Podcast. I am Devin Halliday. I am the Chief Belonging Architect at Rudiment Solutions, and I am also the host of the Belonging Factor Podcast. Thanks so much for coming this week, checking it out, listening, and enjoying what we have to talk about. I guess maybe that's a little presumptuous. I don't know if you're going to enjoy what we have to talk about today, but I think you will. And I know it's something that comes from my heart, and it's a very personal and deep thing for me that we're going to explore and talk about this week. So the purpose of the Longing Factor podcast is ultimately to open the dialogue, open the conversation around what it means to create and build cultures and teams where there's inclusivity, connection, community, and a sense of belonging, and why that matters to the end result and how that can impact what it is that we're accountable to deliver in any part of our organization at any given time. So I want to start to talk today about just people and this driving sense of belonging without getting into a ton of academia and the research and understanding about everything from Maslow's hierarchy to all of the other pieces of data that we can use to help explain this idea that there is a need, a human need, very fundamental to find your tribe and where you belong. I think we can avoid all that and maybe just share some personal stories. So I'm going to tell you right now, I would love to know your personal story. I would love to know from you what it is that helps you find your sense of belonging or how you help create inclusion, belonging, community, and connection in teams that you're part of. Send me an email. I want to read it. I'd love to know all about it. I can always be reached at ibelong at belongingfactor.com. That's ibelong at belongingfactor.com. I read all the emails. I respond as much as I possibly can, but keep them coming. I will definitely make sure I get back to you. And you know what? Sometimes I feature the stories that we get into offline on the air. And so there may be a chance to continue to just evolve this dialogue. Again, that's the whole purpose. What can we do to evolve the dialogue and have better conversations that deliver better culture and better results? So today, talking about people, I'll just open up with a little bit of just personal story. And I know that this connects. I've had this conversation and this talk many times and And it's open so much great dialogue. And this is an exercise that you could do at any point in your life, whether it's a church or a corporate environment or your family, or even just for yourself, where you want to explore and start to unpack 
where you sit and where you're at. Most of what we've talked about so far in Belonging Factor has been about how you can impact others, but we have to talk about how you impact yourself because that authentic self has to be the first piece to ever be in a position of strength and authenticity and true intent if you're going to impact others. So for me, let's 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 start with what people see. And what do people see when they look at me? And that and by the way, we're starting here because we all make judgments about others naturally it's a it's 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 a matter of preservation it's a matter of so many different human characteristics and when we see people particularly in a society right now that idolizes celebrity and other things to the degree that it does when we see certain things in other people we make a decision about whether we want to be part of that or we don't want to be part of that whether we want to belong in that club or or not and then we sometimes even take it a step further and start to make ourselves like those people to hopefully feel like we can belong in that environment. And while you can work your way there as an imposter, ultimately there's not long-term fulfillment. And the, the whole purpose, though, of, of doing this judging the book by its cover exercise is with yourself, is to really truly just understand honestly and objectively what other people see. So for me, let's run down the list. I'm I'm bald. I you know cut my hair very very short. I've got male pattern baldness on the top of my head. I have a beard. My beard is not colored in any way, so my gray shows. Right? I'm 40. I've got a few wrinkles that are showing up on my face. Um I'm a little bit overweight, right? I carry a little extra weight. I like to eat. I don't run as much as I should run or work out as much as I should work out. I enjoy living my life the way I, I'm living my life. And, uh, it, you know, it shows to some degree that that uh, I have different priorities than exactly what my body looks like. What else do, do people see when they look at me? I'm, I'm tattooed. I've got tattoos down my arms and a lot more on my body that, that aren't evident. But certainly you can see those when I'm wearing short sleeve shirts, which is most of the time. And so these judgments get made. And I spent the better part of 20 years in the corporate world, the corporate environment. And when you talk about this idea of wanting to belong somewhere and kind of the idea of imposter syndrome a little bit, I'm sorry, not imposter syndrome, but being an imposter in that environment where you're trying to put on a facade to to fit within the culture, there was a, a long point in time in the organization that I was part of where you were required to cover all tattoos where it was frowned upon if you in any way were not demonstrating the most professional white collar version of yourself. And no matter how or what your job function was or, or how you interacted with your customers or your peers or your other leaders or uh, those who were in your charge, if you were a leader, th th there was no accounting for that impact. When it came to that judgment, that book by its cover judgment, there were rules literally in place in the employee guidelines that required you to cover tattoos, that required you to maintain facial hair in a certain way. In many regards, it kind of felt like I was back in the military where you had all of these regulations for the sake of falling in line and no other sake other than that in the corporate world, certainly in the military. And I've discussed this in prior podcasts. There's a purpose for having all of the things that in order the way they do in the corporate world 
it's a little different. It's, it's about image. It's about assimilation. It's about, Hey, this is what we say we are. So if you're part of it, then you're going to look the part and act the part. And if you're not part of it, no problem, but you don't have the choice how you look. You got to look our part. So what did I do? Well, you know, gosh, I, I, once upon a time when I started right before I started with this organization, I had spiked colored hair and I had, you know, obviously some tattoos, you know, below the short sleeve line already at that point, I had piercings and I made the decision early on that if I want to be employed here and I want to do the work here to get paid here and be part of this, I need to look the part. And so, yeah, I got shirts and ties and colored my hair back to normal and wore it down and wore long sleeves all the time. So nobody ever saw my tattoos. In fact, once upon a time, I remember a conversation where I went into uh, speak with some of my teams just on a, on a day off, just to have a conversation with them. And I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I had a ball cap on and many of the people didn't even initially recognize me. T-shirt, shorts, ball cap, my tattoos are out. I don't look the same way I normally look. And it initially didn't recognize me. And then they were surprised that I had this human quality to me. And it really got me thinking about what people were seeing me as. And they were seeing me as somebody that I'm not because I was putting on this image of something that I'm not. It was not authentic. And fortunately, over time at the organization I was in, things like facial piercings, which I don't have any and never have, uh, but facial piercings and visible tattoos, they became acceptable. They became something that the, the company's culture allowed to exist because there was started to become a realization that the individual person is so much more valuable being comfortable in their skin and the, in the environment they're in and so much higher contributing if they feel a part of being able to be themselves and authentic in the environment they're in than to have this, you know, just totally whitewashed clone culture, if you will. Maybe you've lost time and money or you're losing the wrong people, or you just have a conflicted culture that's searching for the truth. Or it could be something like productivity loss and people are just stressed. Either way, perhaps we should talk. I'd love to work with you and share with you through my keynotes, highly engaging workshops, coaching and consulting services, how we can bring the power of belonging factor and the tools we've developed to your organization and meet these challenges with real solutions that involve people, refine process, and help you deliver better profits. So visit belongingfactor.com or rudimentsolutions.com today. Thank you for listening to The Belonging Factor, and I look forward to working with you and your teams. So, so that was that was good over time to to be able to have that in the organization I was in. So, but today, you know, I I clearly have no reservations whatsoever. I mean, look at the the thumbnail for this podcast. You see me with my short sleeves on, my bald hair, my glasses on, right? I don't have perfect vision, my gray beard, and uh, and my tattoos because this is who I am, and I believe so strongly 
that being able to be authentic and being able to, to demonstrate your true self carries so much value when it comes to being able to help any other person, any other organization find their true value, their true purpose, and their ability to have impact in creating a world that is focused on the value of people to drive and deliver outcomes that we want. So I believe so much in that, that I just lay it out there. I put it out there. There's, there's, there's no reason to be anything else, but whether you're facing this yourself or you see this in any team or workplace environment that you're in, there's no doubt that this exists in your life in some capacity that you can literally touch that whether it's a, a, a colleague, a family member, or even yourself experiences this need to put on a facade or sees and participates in a culture where there is a need to put on a facade to kind of step in line. And that's dangerous. And it's dangerous for many reasons and many reasons we've talked about. And so personally for me, if you don't want to work with me because I have tattoos or you judge me because I'm a little overweight, or you think that I don't have that professional polished image because I wear short sleeve mechanic shirts with my company's logo on them, or my hair's you know bald and shaved, and that doesn't align with your vision or values, then I'm going to be clear with you. Then truly, we're just not prepared to work with each other because I'm okay with that. I'm okay with us not having that. And it's taken a while, I think, for me to be able to get comfortable in that environment. So for you, if you're going to start to become your most authentic self and start to truly understand and be that version of you that can open the gateway and doors to, to helping others be part of a, the environment and the culture that you want to create, that one that fosters collaboration and fosters teamwork and fosters uh, a true sense of belonging, then guess what? You have to start with yourself. So as you're doing this exercise, start with what you see on the outside. Start with those things that people are instantly judging you. And by the way, you know, as you're listening to this, you, you may be in a very opposite category as me. You have perfectly well-coiffed hair and you have amazing physique and fitness because you prioritize what you put into your body and the exercise that you do to, to keep your body healthy. And you are a person who is always perfectly crisp in your dress. Then guess what? That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. And know that people are making judgments about that. And so think objectively about what the judgments they're making, because while somebody who looks at me could be making, you know, some of those potentially negative judgments that I shared earlier, they could also be looking at me saying, wow, this is a, a guy who really just is committed and focused to being his most authentic self. And he's not doing anything extra to try and put on a show for me. And so they may have that, that initial judgment and that's great. So when people are looking at you, what are the, the couple ways that they could be making this, this judgment based on the book cover? Right. So if they're, if you're in that situation, I just described, maybe they're looking at you saying, wow, this person's really polished. They have their shit together. This is a person who is you know, dynamically committed to being polished. 
They could also look at you potentially and say, wow, this person seems a little bit narcissistic. And this person is probably, you know, the, the jock, the cheerleader, the, the clicky sorority fraternity person. And I don't want anything to do with them without even knowing you. They can come up with this thing in their head just by what they see on the cover. And so wherever you fall in that, whether you are the jockey clicky person or you are uh, just that super polished person because that's the exact uh, authentic version of yourself, that doesn't matter to me or to anyone else as long as it's true to you. Because there's no way that then you're going to go out and you're going to build a team of people who are going to want to be a part of what it is that you're doing if you're not your most authentic self. So you start with this list. You start with kind of creating these things. What do people see? when they look at me and then you take that another level further and you, the next piece on your list is, so what do I believe? What are the things, what are my values that I believe? And then what are the behaviors and actions that align with what I say I am, the values I say I have, and what are those areas where I have work to do in, in my values? So this is that kind of self-improvement section of our podcast, I guess, if, if we want to take a look at it that way. But it's this idea of being introspective and starting with you and your why and your how, and then being able to build that outward into others. So you can have that environment, that team that we talk about. And again, this is just another piece of the dialogue about how we peel back as much as we can to some some layers to have good meaningful open conversation and to get the thoughts moving just a little bit further towards what it takes to solve for this thing that has to exist in our future as a people as organizations as teams to be able to deliver the results we're accountable to all right so now you're you're kind of on your second phase right you're on the the create the list of your values phase so for me i've made my list of you know, hey, I'm bald, I'm overweight, uh, I've got glasses that I wear, I've got tattoos, I've got a beard. This is the stuff that people see. They judge me one way or the other. They make their judgment on. And then what are my values? Well, my values are my family is the single greatest motivation that I have to accomplish anything that I'm doing in my life. My mission, right, my, my personal mission is to unlock and develop the potential in others to help them achieve more in the world. So that's a pretty aspirational mission, right? But it's one that for me is a, it, it allows me to kind of gut check against those actions I'm taking. Sitting and having this conversation or this monologue over this podcast is something for me that aligns exactly with that personal mission. And by the way, I'm doing it from my studio at home, which allows me when I'm done recording to be able to spend the time with my family and accomplish those things that align with my number one priority. Right. So this is what I mean when you start to make this list and you're starting to look at what are those behaviors or actions that then align or potentially misalign with my stated values. Right. And so this list gets deeper. Right. My list definitely gets deeper than that. And yours should, too. And then from there, it's about creating that. That really, truly clear image and picture of yourself, not only in what you look like and. I, I say this, I go through this because it's just so important that you're just being authentically you. And I share that story about when I looked in a different way that wasn't authentically me. And yeah, I got good results. And yeah, I did lots of things. But man, did it weigh on me? And I didn't realize it until years later, but it did. It weighed on me for the simple fact that I had to buy clothes that I 
didn't wear except for certain purpose and that I had to look a certain way to make other people think that I was a certain way rather than letting my character show that. And I get that we live in a world where that first impression and that judgment makes a big difference. And so sometimes you have to fake to make that initial impression. But from there, what do you do? And I'll tell you that the more we try to create environments that are a facade, the less we can be authentically ourselves, the more people who we lead and are around will eventually see through that facade and the less impact we'll be able to have. And I recognize that I learned it, I lived it and I've grown past it. And that's again, the dialogue that we're sharing and discussing here today. So now you have this most kind of complete, authentic self-assessment of how you look on the outside, what you value and believe on the inside and what your actions show and align or misalign to your values. So now it's about deciding how you take that and level up to that next version of you that lives this consistently, that displays it outward, honestly, frequently, and invites others to do the same. And so that's where we kind of you know transition here in, in the rest of our show. And we start talking about what it means to transition into a mindset of having others feel comfortable to do the same because that's what as a leader our mission our our job and usually our passion truly lies in is helping others achieve things that maybe they didn't even believe they were capable of through whatever means we can influence and guide and shape that result for them so for you it's about identifying your authentic self and identifying truly how it is that you feel you belong from a participation standpoint in the world with your values and with your presence. And when you do that authentically, you're opening up immediately without saying another word. People can perceive that people know that people feel that people see that and they know, oh man, this, this person's genuine. This person's got great character. And they, they don't know all the work you've done to really make sure that you truly are presenting yourself but they sure do feel it. And that's the first step in helping people be comfortable to do it themselves. The next is if you're in a business environment and in a leadership role to have conversations with people about themselves and their lives and to be authentic and to show glimpses of who you are. And so they don't get a sense that the person you are at work is different than the person you are when you leave work. Uh, once upon a time, I used to tell you know, my family, I'd say, yep, I'm putting on my costume, got to go out on stage and do my thing. And that should have been telling to me at the time that, man, this is really just inauthentic. And it wasn't telling to me at the time. I didn't listen to myself in a true, deep and meaningful way. And so if you feel like you're putting on the costume, if you feel like you are in some way just being that actor, that person showing up to play a role, your team's going to see that and people will see that. So in the business environment, be authentic, show yourself, have conversations and dialogue one-on-one -on -one and in teams that just continue to demonstrate that you are not a different person outside of the workspace than you are inside of the workspace. Sure, you might be more mission-oriented 
in the workspace. Sure, you might have more specific, different approaches that you take within the work environment because they belong there than you take outside. But your approach, the methods in which you demonstrate yourself and apply yourself don't change and they're no different. People will trust you and they will trust you enough to start opening up and being themselves. And you're going to have to encourage it. In fact, you may even ask some of your people to go through a similar exercise that I was encouraging you to go through, that I've gone through for myself. You'll find that when they trust you enough to do that and they trust you enough to be part of that, that they start to create naturally this environment where they're open with others. They're open to their ideas. They are open to sharing their own ideas. And there's a trust I've said this word a lot, right? But there, there's a trust in that community that is forming and building. This is that organic way of truly creating a culture that has belonging, a culture that has purpose and connected beliefs and community and ultimately inclusion. This is what is missing from every single business and every single human resources department, leadership team who says, we're going to focus on culture. You can't just go say, we're going to start posting a bunch of stuff to Instagram and we're going to do a bunch of these internal emails that showcases employees having fun and living their lives. That's disingenuine. It's putting on the costume. It's the fake bullshit that people see through and immediately recognize as disingenuine. So do this the organic way. Do this the way as a leader you ought to do it. Do it the way that you know needs to happen. In fact, let me take this a step further and encourage you to think about this in the way that you think about developing people on your team. So when you, if you're in a sales organization and you need a person to be better at their sales abilities or sales skills, if you're a bad leader, let's call you just a manager, you go out and you tell your people that their quota is X, they're only at Y, they have X many days left in the quarter or in the month, so they have to sell X many per day to get there. They better go do it. Any questions? And of course they're not going to ask you any questions. <laughs> like you, You're not helping them. They already can do math at a, at a grade school level. So because you're not helping them, they have no interest in asking any questions and you're just going to go out and you know, you're going to see the same result. So you guys know that. That's why if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't manage in that way. In fact, you probably manage in a way that is much, much better, much, much deeper. You actually take the time to coach rather than just manage. You take the time to evaluate and understand where somebody's roadblock or gap might be and then help them overcome whatever that obstacle is by giving them feedback, insight, input, role-playing, uh, by reteaching certain things. You take your time to go through things the right way <clears throat> that can actually have an impact in somebody. And that's the same approach that I'm asking you to take when it comes to building your culture. Do it the right way. Go through the motions. There are no shortcuts to success is probably like the biggest cliche of them all. And we do some cliche busters in here from time to time. But this is just true. You can't bust this. There is no shortcut to this one. 
And so often we have so many priorities and so many objectives. It feels like, man, doing this is going to take time and investment and I don't have it because I have so many other things that I have to do. So guess what? Hey, let's live the culture. Let me take this Instagram. Let me post it. Let me make sure I tag the right people in it. Let me make sure my boss sees that, hey, we're all having fun and we move on with our lives. And guess what? In the wrong culture, you, you might even get promoted as a result of that. I've definitely seen this. People whose who's public image game is so strong and their actual ability to influence results is pretty weak, yet they take the next step in their career because we're doing it wrong. So quit doing it wrong. Do it the right way. You're going to get the lasting results you're looking for if you do it the right way. And you're going to be authentic to yourself, your mission, and your purpose. And you're going to build a team of people who will run through brick walls for you. They will follow you anywhere to the edges of the earth if it means contributing and being a part of the vision and mission that you are establishing and creating and achieving with their help. Because they believe in you, they believe in the culture, and they believe in themselves, and they believe in the people around them in a way that wasn't possible without your influence. So that's my challenge to you. Take this opportunity to do this inventory. Take this opportunity to do some of these activities with yourself, with family members, friends, with people on your team. And watch what can happen over time. Send me an email with your results. Send me an email with questions as you're going through the process. I love to engage and have these discussions with it. And by the way, if you're not sending me an, e an email, you're in the majority for sure, but those who are, we're, I'm connecting with and getting much deeper in conversation and dialogue with and working together to find solutions. And by the way, this is not a sales pitch. I'm not telling you to send emails to my company. I'm telling you to send an email to me. I belong at belongingfactor.com. And I'm happy to point you to resources or just be a, a partner for you in what it is that you want to accomplish. And be able to answer more questions, be able to ask more questions, and learn from you on those things that are working well. So send the message. I'd love to hear it. If you haven't already subscribed, click subscribe. If you're subscribed, share this. There are so many more people out there who I'd love to have their voices as part of the conversation, and I'd love to hear this message. And I'm sure you would too. So share it. We can expand this dialogue to thousands and millions all across the world because this is such a relevant, important, and meaningful mission. So you know my mission, and I hope your mission aligns. We'll see you next time on the Belonging Factor podcast where we'll dig into more stuff like this. We'll peel back the layer, but ultimately help you figure out how to create belonging, inclusion, culture, and community within your teams to absolutely be more competitive and deliver on the results you're accountable for. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.